Chapter Twenty Nine of Treasure Island. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. Chapter Twenty Nine: The Black Spot Again. The council of buccaneers had lasted some time when one of them re-entered the house and with a repetition of the same salute which had in my eyes an ironical air begged for a moment's loan of the torch silver briefly agreed and this emissary retired again leaving us together in the dark there's a breeze coming jim said silver who had by this time adopted quite a friendly and familiar tone i turned to the loophole nearest me and looked out the embers of the great fire had so far burned themselves out and now glowed so low and duskily that i understood why these conspirators desired a torch about halfway down the slope to the stockade they were collected in a group one held the light another was on his knees in their midst and i saw the blade of an open knife shining in his hand with varying colors in the moon and torchlight the rest were all somewhat stooping as though watching the maneuvers of this last i could just make out that he had a book as well as a knife in his hand and was still wondering how anything so incongruous had come into their possession when the kneeling figure rose once more to his feet and the whole party began to move together towards the house here they come said i and i returned to my former position for it seemed beneath my dignity that they should find me watching them well let em come lad let em come said silver cheerily i still a shot in my locker the door opened and the five men standing huddled together just inside pushed one of their number forward in any other circumstances it would have been comical to see his slow advance hesitating as he set down each foot but holding his closed right hand in front of him step up lad cried silver i won't eat you hand it over lover i know the rules i do i won't hurt a deputation thus encouraged the buccaneer stepped forward more briskly and having passed something to silver from hand to hand slipped yet more smartly again back to his companions the sea-cook looked at what had been given him the black spot i thought so he observed where might you have got the paper why hello look here now this ain't lucky you've gone and cut this out of a bible what fools cut a bible ah there said morgan there what did i say no good'll come of that i said well you've about fixed it now among you continued silver you'll all swing now i reckon what soft-headed lubber had a bible it was dick said one dick was it then dick can get to prayers said silver he's seen his slice of luck as dick and you may lay to that but here the man with the yellow eyes struck in belay that talk john silver he said this crew has tipped you the black spot in full council as in duty bound just you turn it over as in duty bound and see what's wrote there then we can talk thank ye george replied the sea-cook you always was brisk for business and has the rules by heart george as i'm pleased to see well what is it anyway ah depose that's it is it very pretty rote to be sure like print i swear your hand a right george why you was getting quite a leadin man in this here crew you'll be captain next i shouldn't wonder just oblige me with that torch again will you this pipe don't draw come now said george you don't fool this crew no more you're a funny man by your account but you're over now 
and you'll maybe step down off that barrel and help vote i thought you said you knowed the rules returned silver contemptuously leastways if you don't i do and i wait here and i'm still your cap'n mind till you outs with your grievances and i reply in the meantime your black spot ain't worth a biscuit after that we'll see oh replied george you don't be under no kind of apprehension we're all square we are first you've made a hash of this cruise you'll be a bold man to say no to that second you let the enemy out of this here trap for nothing why did they want out i don't know but it's pretty plain they wanted it third you wouldn't let us go at them upon the march oh uh, we see through you john silver you want to play booty that's what's wrong with you and then fourth there's this here boy is that all asked silver quietly enough too retorted george we'll all swing and sundry for your bundling well now look here i'll answer these four pints one after another i'll answer em i made a hash of this cruise did i well now you all know what i wanted and you all know if that had been done that we'd have been aboard the hispaniola this night as ever was every man of us alive and fit and full of good plum duff and the treasure in the hold of her by thunder well who crossed me who forced my hand as was the lawful captain who dipped me the black spot the day we landed and began this dance ay it's a fine dance i'm with you there and looks mighty like a hornpipe in a rope's end at execution dock by london town it does but who done it why it was anderson and hans and you george mary and you're the last above board of that same meddling crew and you have the davy jones's insolence to up and stand for captain over me you that sank the lot of us by the powers but this tops the stiffest yarn to nothing silver paused and i could see by the faces of george and his late comrades that these words had not been said in vain that's for number one cried the accused wiping the sweat from his brow for he had been talking with a vehemence that shook the house why i give you my word i'm sick to speak to you you've neither sense nor memory and i leave it to fancy where your mother's was that let you come to see see gentlemen of fortune i reckon tailors is your trade go on john said morgan speak up to the others ah the others returned john they're a nice lot ain't they you say this cruise is bungled ay by gum if you could understand how bad it's bungled you would see were that near the gibbet that my neck stiff with thinkin on it you've seen em maybe hanged in chains birds about em seamen pintin em out as they go down with the tide who's that says one that why that's john silver i knowed him well says another and you can hear the chains a jangle as you go about and reach for the other boy now that's about where we are every mother's son of us thanks to him and hans and anderson and other ruination fools of you and if you want to know about number four and that boy why shiver my timbers isn't he a hostage are we a-going to waste a hostage no not us he might be our last chance and i shouldn't wonder kill that boy not me mates and number three ah well there's a deal to say to number three 
Maybe you don't count it nothing to have a real college doctor to see you every day. You, John, with your head broke. Or you, George Mary, that had the ague shakes upon you not six hours agone, and has your eyes the color of lemon peel to this same moment on the clock. And maybe, perhaps, you didn't know there was a consort coming either. But there is, and not so long till then. And we'll see who'll be glad to have a hostage when it comes to that. And as for number two, and why I made a bargain, well, you came crawling on your knees to me to make it. On your knees you came. You was that downhearted. And you'd have starved too if I hadn't. But that's a trifle. You look there. That's why. And he cast down upon the floor a paper that I instantly recognized, none other than the chart on yellow paper with the three red crosses that I had found in the oilcloth at the bottom of the captain's chest. Why the doctor had given it to him was more than I could fancy. But if it was inexplicable to me, the appearance of this chart was incredible to the surviving mutineers. They leapt upon it like cats upon a mouse. It went from hand to hand, one tearing it from another, and by the oaths and the cries and the childish laughter with which they accompanied their examination, you would have thought not only they were fingering the very gold, but were at sea with it besides in safety. Yes, said one. That's Flint, sure enough. J.F. and a score below, with a clove hitch to it. So he done ever. Mighty pretty, said George. And how are we to get away with it, and us no ship? Silver suddenly sprang up, and supporting himself with a hand against the wall. Now I give you warning, George, he cried. One more word of your sauce, and I'll call you down and fight you. How? Why, how do I know? You had ought to tell me that. You and the rest that lost me my schooner, with your interference, burn you. But not you, you can't. You hain't got the invention of a cockroach. But civil you can speak, and shall, George Mary, you may lay to that. That's fair enow, said the old man Morgan. Fair, I reckon so, said the sea-cook. You lost the ship, I found the treasure. Who's the better man at that? And now I resign by thunder. Elect whom you please to be your captain now. I'm done with it. Silver, they cried. Barbecue forever. Barbecue for cap'n. So that's the tune, is it? Cried the cook. George, I reckon you'll have to wait another turn, friend. And lucky for you as I'm not a revengeful man. But that was never my way. And now, shipmates, this black spot? Tain't much good now, is it? Dick's crossed his luck and spoiled his Bible, and that's about all. "'It'll do to kiss the book on still, won't it?' growled Dick, who was evidently uneasy about the curse he had brought upon himself. "'A Bible with a bit cut out?' returned Silver derisively. "'Not it. It don't bind no more'n a ballad book.' "'Don't it, though?' cried Dick, with a sort of joy. "'Well, I reckon that's worth having too.' "'Here, Jim, here's a curiosity for you,' said Silver and he tossed me the paper. It was around the size of a crown piece. One side was blank, for it had been the last leaf. The other contained a verse or two of revelations. These words among the rest, which struck sharply home upon my mind, without our dogs and murderers. The printed side had been blackened with wood ash, which already began to come off and soil my fingers. On the blank side had been written down with the same material the one word, deposed. I have that curiosity beside me at this moment, but not a trace of the writing now remains beyond a single scratch, such as a man might make with his thumbnail. That was the end of the night's business. Soon after, with a drink all round, we lay down to sleep, 
and the outside of Silver's vengeance was to put George Mary up for sentinel and threaten him with death if he should prove unfaithful. It was long ere I could close an eye, and heaven knows I had matter enough for thought in the man whom I had slain that afternoon, in my own most perilous position, and above all in the remarkable game that I saw Silver now engaged upon, keeping the mutineers together with one hand, and grasping with the other after every means, possible and impossible, to make his peace and save his miserable life. He himself slept peacefully, and snored aloud, yet my heart was sore for him, wicked as he was, to think on the dark perils that environed, and the shameful gibbet that awaited him. End of chapter 29